Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Christian Parenting. Aloha, friends. Welcome to the Monica Swanson Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, wife to Dr. Dave, podcast host and author of Boy Mom and Raising Amazing. Here on the podcast, it is my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising amazing kids and building strong families. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope you'll be encouraged. And the thing we have to remember, if we're always criticizing or condemning, uh, you know, and, and, and lecturing our kids, if we're, if we're not encouraging them, but we're, but we're complaining about them and, and, and being critical of them all the time, especially to them directly, they don't stop loving us. They stop loving themselves. And that's, that's not a burden that we want to put on our kids. Well, aloha and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad I get to hang out with you today. And I'm so excited to share today's interview with you guys. I had such a great time talking to Miles Mettler. You just heard a short clip from Miles, but I had trouble choosing one because he has so many good nuggets. This guy is just full of wisdom and we all can learn so much from his experience and research. He is the author of the book, 52 Parenting Principles how to bring out the best in your kids. And we're going to go over some of those principles. And I just think you're going to love Miles and everything he shares. It's going to motivate you, inspire you. Hopefully some of the men can listen as well. But this is just a great interview and I can't wait to dive in. So I'm not going to take much time. I do want to pause real quick though and remind you that on April 14th, Christian Parenting's Perfectly Imperfect event is going to be happening. This is a digital event. It's all online. And once you get your tickets... You don't have to listen all that weekend. There's a lot of great speakers, but you can take to the end of the year to catch all the speakers. So I'm in there giving a short talk about sibling relationships, helping our kids develop strong sibling bonds, but there are so many other great voices that you're going to want to hear from. So please go over to the link at perfectlyimperfect.org forward slash Monica. I'll have a link to that in show notes as well. But this is a digital event that people love every year. I know that I'll be watching all the speakers and learning a lot right alongside you. So now I am so excited to dive in and have this conversation. I hope you're super encouraged. I'll have a few final words to say at the end, but without further ado, here's Miles Mettler and I talking about how we can bring out the best in our kids which really is about bringing out the best in us as parents. I hope you're encouraged. 
Hey, Miles, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be with you. It, I'm so excited to talk to you. I was telling my husband before um, we started the interview, I was like, I feel like I work kindred spirits already. Like you're kind of the male version of me <laughs> or I'm the female version of you or something because we have so much in common as far as our background and interests. You know, we've got a little health and fitness background between mm-hmm. us and then now your focus on family and mm-hmm. parenting. And speaking of which, you work with focus on the family. Right. And so before I dive into all the, my favorite things about you, why don't you just introduce yourself? Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. It's great to be with you. And I guess personally, um, we live in Colorado Springs. I do work at Focus on the Family. have been here for over six years. Love the ministry, love the organization, love the leadership, love the work that we do. So it's been a great fit for me. It's not necessarily something I saw myself doing because like you mentioned, I came through the health and fitness industry, was managing uh, medically based hospital uh health, fitness, wellness, rehabilitation facilities for 30 years. And God led us here to Colorado Springs and into this role at Focus on the Family. And I, you know, when we started having kids, um, I, I was listening to Focus on the Family. It's mm-hmm. part of what shaped my thoughts and, and ideas about what, you know, what parenting is all about. And, um, but yeah, I've been married to the love of my life, Christy, for 30 years. It was 30 mm-hmm. years in January. So, and uh, she's a wonderful, wonderful person, great mom, and uh, to our four kids. So we have four kids as well. Um, boy, girl, boy, girl. What our are their ages? Is, uh, yeah. Our oldest is 25, and he actually works at Focus on the Family as well. Huh. He graduated college and is a writer for uh, on the communications team. Cool. And then Maria's 23. And she got married a year ago to Eric. They both graduated from the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. Wow. And are now stationed at uh, uh, Kirtland Air Force Base in Albuquerque. Wow. And um, awesome. so, yeah, they're on they're on that journey. Uh, our next son, Matthew, is 21. He's a junior at Colorado School of Mines, majoring in chemical engineering. And then our youngest daughter, Anna, is 17, uh, finishing her senior year of college and looking at college. I mean, senior year of high school. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Finishing her her senior year of high school, looking at colleges. And uh, she's a golfer. She wants to play golf in college. So she is uh, trying to make connections there. We have some visits scheduled here in the next few weeks. And uh, so she's the golfer. The older three were all competitive cross-country and track runners on where at the colleges that they went to. So my last wow. one is finally finally the golfer. So isn't that funny? Because I have um all my boys have been surfers and my 12 year old is also a golfer. <laughs> yeah, and so it's like a whole new world for us. I'm sure your daughter could give us some tips because we're like, no. wow, this is we got we have a lot to learn as we explore the future and college potential and all that. Yeah, well, she didn't start playing till she was like a freshman in high school. So she's fairly what? new, but wow. she showed potential and talent. And um, so we think she's got a big upside and she enjoys playing, which is nice because I enjoy playing. So it gives us a oh, great good. reason to go out and spend time together. Which, Yay. You know, that's, oh, that's, that's, that's so that's good. A good thing. 
It is. I love that. I, I love that so much. And I, people ask why Levi chose golf after all these years of surfing. And I was like, well, I think he might've looked at income potential for a professional surfer <laughs> and lined that up with risk. And then he looks at golfing and he's like, you know what? <laughs> I think golf yeah. makes sense. <laughs> right. Well, and of course you can play golf in Hawaii. So yes, you can. And often here. So, mm-hmm. wow. So cool. I love all of this. We're going to dive in and talk, drawing some principles from your book, 52 parenting principles, how to bring out the best in your kids. And I'm so excited because again, I just feel like everything in this book resonates with me. Mm. I love to hear your heart throughout this book. And in what I've learned about you is just, you know, you've really got that sense of being a a coach. You are a coach, (laughs) um, you, you know, and, and cheering people on along the way. So tell us a little bit more about that background and maybe how, what Mm. you did for work led to Mm -hmm. your interest in writing this book. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And I, I would have to say that the concepts for the book started before I was even married and had kids. Wow. And, you know, I, I, you know, I worked in the health and fitness industry for many years and I was able to work with a lot of um, people in the communities that I was in that were very successful. They were high level mm-hmm. CEOs, community leaders, and, um, you know, they'd spent a lot of their careers uh, developing their profession. And mm-hmm. unfortunately their health got, you know, Mm-hmm. ignored. And so they wanted yeah. to get back in shape. So they found their way to me and I would work with them. And once you start working with people like that, they start to let their guard down and open up their heart. Mm. And you you hear yeah. what's really going on beneath the surface. Yeah. And what I found out when I was working with them is a lot of them had strained and broken relationships with their kids and mm. some, you know, sometimes with their spouse as well. And yeah. when you when you hear that over and over again, it leaves an impression on you. And it was yeah. then and there that I thought, you know, I don't want what what their experience is to be my experience. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so I just decided that no amount of success in the business world would make up for a failure at home, no matter where I, no matter where I ended up in my career, that the price that they were paying was something that they would go back and change and do it all over again if they had that opportunity to do it. So I thought, well, um, you know, as we started to have kids, I would do my morning devotional times. And at the end of my devotional times, um, I think I you know, I think Zach was probably about seven years old and I would just make a list of things that I thought we should work on as parents. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, it wasn't intended to be a book or anything like that. It was just it was for our own personal benefit. What is it that we could do? Mm-hmm. And over time, the list grew and my thoughts expanded. And so I started writing out, you know, more, not just a bullet, but more of my thoughts and trying to develop the concepts more. And then over time, it just, I, I thought as our kids got older, I was realizing, you know, these things were, I think they were helpful. Uh, we were having, weren't really having any significant issues with any of the wow. kids. Thank, yeah. praise yes. the Lord, right? Right. And uh, so I thought, well, if they're helpful for us, maybe they would help others. And so I thought, mm-hmm. well, I'll just try to write these thoughts out and expand them. And if they can mm-hmm. help us, maybe they can help other people. Oh. And eventually, you know, it just led to uh, some people seeing it and say, hey, I think there's value in here. Mm-hmm. And so they gave me the encouragement that I needed to finish it out and, and make it into a book. And so that's where the 52 Principles book came from. That is awesome. And, and I love that, you know, you have a positive story. Sometimes I feel like 
I want to almost defend the fact that none of my kids, so far we've had a really positive experience and, and people maybe want to hear that somebody's blown it right. and, you know, and right. I'm like, well, it's kind of like with a testimony. I know my, my son's youth pastor has said before, like, he's got a pretty gnarly testimony and he's like, you don't want my testimony. If you right. can, you want to walk with the Lord from the time you're young. And so I, I love to encourage families, especially with young kids and say, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. You don't have to have the prodigal child. You can actually, right. um, and, and th- there's no guarantees. You and I will agree that kids have a free will right. and and things happen. But uh, I think that when you are intentional and, and these 52 parenting principles are so helpful, it's, it's really going to give you some tools to hopefully avoid some of the pitfalls and some of those stories. So right. I love I know in, in my work, I encounter a lot of people. I meet with a lot of families and, you know, I hear stories in Christian homes of parents that have struggled with the mm-hmm. with bringing up their kids and mm-hmm. you know you you don't want to feel guilty but when they hear your story and you realize that we're really fortunate because we mm-hmm. haven't had that you know and mm-hmm. i think i thank the lord every day that that's been our story Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I like to encourage families and say, no matter what age your kids are, it, it's never too late. God has a plan and, and there's always something you can do. But especially to those with younger kids, start off strong, start off intentional. And you might be surprised that it doesn't have to be that bad. So, well, I would love to dive in and you have these 52 parenting principles. So I want to dive in and just pull out a few of the principles that stood out to me. Um, there Again, there's so many that I could grab anything, but I just thought I'd have you kind of expound on a few of these. One of the first things that you do talk about in this book from the beginning is something I love, and it's not necessarily popular right now. And maybe that's why I'm like, yes, he's my guy. But you talk about parents taking responsibility and you even say it Mm. in some, um, you know, you use some big terms to say how much responsibility we need to take. Explain that part of the book and your heart for parenting. You know, I think it's in our nature to look external that Mm. if something's not going right, we want to see what somebody else could do differently. And how could they change? Mm. Um, I just think that's part of human nature. Yes. And it's probably in my nature as well. You know, how <laughs> could I be the source of problems? You know, I've got my my doctorate basically in behavior change. How could mm. I be the source of problems that are going on in my family or in my marriage? And I realized, you know, with all the studying that I've done, and that it really does come down to a couple basic concepts. And one of those is that we have to take ownership. We have to take 100% responsibility for what's going on in our lives and focus mm-hmm. on what we can change because we're never going to see changes in other people if we're not first seeing changes in ourselves. If our mm-hmm. focus is always external, we're missing the most important thing that, that God really wants from us is how do we have a change of heart? Right. We're the yeah. ones that are supposed to become transformed. And, and, and so it's really an inner focus of how can I, if I don't like the way things are in, in whatever, whatever aspect yeah. of life we're focusing on, whether it's my health, uh, whether it's my relationships, mm-hmm. I have to first look internal. And if I'm not willing to do that, then that's really a red flag. That's, yeah. that's telling me that I'm not owning up to, to the thing that probably can make the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. And so it was just as I had written out uh, several of these principles, I went back and looked through them and I thought, you know, they all have something in common. Mm-hmm. Me. 
I'm the common mm-hmm. denominator, right? Yes. And yes. I'm the one that can, I'm the one that can in, in some way or another shape or change all of these things that are going on. And when I started approaching it from that uh, aspect, it was really amazing the, the transformational changes that I was starting to see. Oh, for sure. I, I love that. And I think it was either in an interview or maybe in, in the forward, but somewhere I heard somebody say that this subtitle is how to bring out the best in your kids, but it really could mm. be how to bring out the best in yourself because that's the focus of the book, right? It really isn't. You know, I didn't make that the subtitle. The subtitle is how to bring out the best in your kids. But if we kids. want to bring out the best in our kids... We have to bring out the best in ourselves. And when we bring out the best in ourselves, they're going to respond mm-hmm. in a like yes. manner, right? Yes. And so oh, that's really it. what the focus is. Yes. I just love this stuff so much. And, you know, when Dave, my, my husband has some parts in my uh, book, Raising Amazing, at the end of every chapter, he has a word to the dads. And so we've both been responding to some of the questions people ask, mm. you know, are you, are you suggesting there's a formula or, mm-hmm. you know, like... And we've never suggested that. However, my husband has said at times, well, to some extent, there is a formula for us as parents. Now, the results are between our kids and God, but there is a formula for us to train up our kids in the ways of the Lord and and to discipline. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, if you're following scripture, there are some parenting principles. Again, that word is so key because this isn't... um, a formula. Um, and there right. are areas that people come to me and ask questions about parenting. They're like, but it's not specifically in the Bible. And I'm <laughs> like, no, but there are principles that definitely right. speak to this. And so, yes, I think as parents, we can follow some guidelines that are going to um, increase the likelihood of our kids growing up well. So, Right, right. Well, and just can I pick up on that for just a minute? I mean, one of the things you mentioned earlier was just the intentionality. Mm -hmm. Right. That we have to be intentional. Um, No matter what background we came into parenting with, no matter what Mm -hmm. our experiences were growing up with our own Mm -hmm. parents, that doesn't absolve us from the responsibilities Mm -hmm. that we have to become the best parents that we can be. Right. That is part of that Mm -hmm. responsibility. God gifted us with children to do the best job that we can. At the same time, we have to have grace and mercy with ourselves because we're not going to be perfect. There isn't a perfect Mm -hmm. formula. The title of the book, you know, isn't, you know, it's not a guarantee right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. say that these are guaranteed. It just says they're principles that we can follow. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hear in, in the work that I've done or just in my past experiences, I'll hear parents complain about their kids. And then when I ask them, well, what, what are you doing? Who are you listening to? What are you reading to try to become a better parent? There's just like this blank look on their face, like, well, well nothing. But if something is that important, shouldn't we invest time and energy mm-hmm. into learning yeah. what what are some of the things we can do that are going to make a difference, not only in our lives, but in theirs as well? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Um, but you tapped into something else there before I dive into some mm-hmm. of these principles that I think is really important. And I think you talk about it in the introduction of the book, but that is the way you are raised and how mm-hmm. important it is that we do acknowledge like that that probably plays a bigger role in our parenting than we realize, uh, whether we want it to or not. Maybe touch on that a little bit, how you encourage people in your coaching to um, mm-hmm. learn from, but maybe not repeat everything from how you are raised. Well, and, and, you know, everybody 
has their own experiences, their own backgrounds. We all have probably those good parts and those bad parts of things that we can uh, point out and wish, you know, wish things had been different. Um, but I think if we go through and take stock of where we're really at and we, and we look at what's working and what's not working and then draw upon the experiences that we had and what did we like and what did we not like. And we have a choice that we can make. We can repeat those or we can change those. And I'll give you one example. And I think I pointed out in the book that made a huge difference just in terms of my relationship with our kids is, you know, I grew up on a farm. I had four older brothers and uh, I loved my, I, I, I loved the life that I lived. I didn't know what we didn't have. I didn't know what we did have. <laughs> But it, it, as you know, I left home and went off to college and started working. Um, my dad was a hard worker, right? And and mm-hmm. he, he he loved me. I have no doubt that he loved me. Um, uh, I love my dad, but he never told me that he loved me. Mm-hmm. You know, and he passed away uh, several years ago. Um, and I remember, I, I think Zach was probably about seven years old, and. And the Lord just convicted me. I was putting him to bed, all the kids to bed that we had at the time. And he said, tell them that you love them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as odd as it, as it seems to me, that was really a strange phenomenon. It was, it was mm-hmm. a strange feeling. I had, to, I had to force myself to tell my mm-hmm. kids that, be intentional, but saying, good night, Zach, I love you. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've maintained that with all of those kids. Now he's 25 years old. I can tell him I love him. We can hug yeah. each other. And that was because I realized that even though I didn't know it at the time, that was something that I missed out on. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want our kids to miss out on that as well. And it's right. made a huge difference just in terms of my relationship with them. And hopefully mm-hmm. now what they'll do with their kids when they have families. Mm-hmm. Yes, we can all just improve that much on on, on how we were raised. Look at those areas that you want to make changes. But I think it does mm-hmm. take some time to reflect and to mm-hmm. be honest. And, and I think for my husband and I, there's moments where we've just had to be honest. And when we've come to something where we're not on the same page in parenting, and finally, I've just mm-hmm. said, well, I guess it's just how I was raised. So it just seems right. you know. And if you can just <laughs> be honest about that, I think it's really healthy. Right. And that's not all bad either. No, no, not at all. So, okay, well, let's just touch on a couple of these before I let you go. Uh, I would love for you to touch on, I'll, I'll start with the listen with love and you, and mm. love is capital L-O-V-E here. Mm. Talk to us about what it means to listen to your kids with love. Yeah. You know, I think we live in a world where we have our cell phones, where there's lots of things going on. Parents are busy. Moms are busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to have to build the relationship with our kids, we want them to know that um, we care about them. And when they say something to us, we have a responsibility to listen to what it is they're saying. Now they ask us for a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're, if we create this pattern of behavior of listening to them, even though a lot of the things they ask us aren't going to be very important, there are mm-hmm. going to be those times as they get older, when there are some really important things that they need to share with us. Mm-hmm. And so we have to build this environment that lets them know that I'm interested in them. I'm inter- interested in what they have to say. And so I want to be able to, whenever possible, when they bring things to me to stop and just listen. And that's the mm-hmm. L. Just stop what you're doing, turn your attention towards them, give them your attention and listen to them. 
Mm -hmm. Eye contact doesn't always have to be there, but it, it, it's preferable if you can face them and, and look that, look at them and let them know that you have their uninvited attention. Don't say anything, just pause and listen. So that's, that's the first thing. And then the O in, in it is ob observe them. As you're listening to them, just observe them. What's their emotion that they're bringing into this conversation? What's their nonverbal communication telling you? What level of, of stress or anxiety may they have? Um, and, and, and if you're observing them, you can tell a lot about what it is they're asking, even if they're not telling you those words specifically. So it's just yeah. observing them. You know, what's their mood? What are, what are they coming to you with? And then the, the V, L-O-V, is to validate what they've said. Ask questions and clarify if you're not quite sure so that you don't waste time talking about two different things that you're on the same page, right? So just validate what they said. And if they, if it's something that's kind of just assure them that whatever they've told you, it's okay, right? Mm -hmm. That you can receive whatever it is they're telling you. There's nothing yeah. they can't tell you, right? So just yeah. validate it and validate who they are mm -hmm. uh, and then engage them. Then you... As you've gone through those three things, now you can engage them in the conversation, right? Mm -hmm. You can you can have a dialogue with them where you can share with them your wisdom if it requires wisdom or just your empathy if it's requiring mm -hmm. empathy. Whatever it is, you can engage that conversation. And when you go through that process, then you can leave that conversation, right, in a healthy place. Yeah. Ho hopefully most of the times. This isn't the formula, like I said. It's not always going to work out like that specifically but when you take a little time and it does seem formulaic but when you just mm -hmm. get in the habit of doing that it's really it's really a simple process to follow and the outcome uh, is going to be better off oh totally I, I and i just love that once you've walked through those simple steps kids are going to be a lot more open to what you do have to say if they mm -hmm. feel that they've been listened to and and that you've acknowledged and affirmed and validated what they're right. trying to say, then they're right. going to be so much more open to hearing what you have to right. say. And it, they may not always like your response. They may not always mm -hmm. like your answer if they're asking mm -hmm. for something, but mm -hmm. at least we've given them the respect that we've yeah. listened to what they've had to say, that we haven't yes. just discounted it, which which does wonders for their self-worth. It does. So good. And and maybe this is a good lead up to one of my other favorites. Fess up when you mess up. This mm. is huge. I just think this is so important. Yeah. Again, that's not our human nature is when we make mistakes, we don't necessarily like to own up to it. Mm -hmm. But I think we build a tremendous amount of respect with mm -hmm. our kids or with our mm -hmm. spouse, whoever it is, when we make a mistake and we're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. when we're When we're willing to say, hey, you know what? I messed up. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't say what I should have said, or I said the wrong thing, or I did mm -hmm. the wrong thing. And, and then you just go through. So you are acknowledging that you made a mistake, right? Mm -hmm. um, you just ask for their forgiveness, mm -hmm. right? You just acknowledge mm -hmm. that you made a mistake, ask for their forgiveness, and then just affirm the relationship again, right? You just yeah. go through that process. And when you do that, they know then that they can trust you. And, mm -hmm. and, and you know what's going to happen when they make mistakes, yeah. They're more likely to follow yes. suit and to do the same so thing. True. They're going to know that it's okay. Yeah. I, I don't have yeah. to be perfect. I'm going to mm -hmm. mess up. Right. And, yes. but we want to build in that element of trust and we yes. want to develop these deep abiding relationships with our kids that they can mm -hmm. trust us and they yeah. can trust that, that even if we don't do the right thing, when we don't do the right thing, they know that we're going to be honest with them and say, yeah. I'm willing to mess up 
and, and when I'm willing to mess up, I'm willing to fess up. Mm, that is so good. I've, I've said often that, you know, especially by the time they're teenagers, but I'd even say tweens, they already know you're not perfect. <laughs> they know you're making mistakes. And so yes. for you to own it, it's just like, again, I do. I think it really um, give, makes them respect you more because you are being real and you're not trying, mm-hmm. you know, being a hypocrite is the worst thing you can do as a mm-hmm. parent. So just say what they already know, get it out, get it over with and get it out there right. and yeah. ask for forgiveness. And I, I do agree that's modeling such an important um, principle for them to also practice in their own life. Right. And it, cl- it clears out the air then. And then you mm-hmm. can move on to with, with whatever you need to get to get to versus mm-hmm. this 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 uh, wall being there between you. Yeah. When, you yes. know, I know it and they know it, but nobody's willing mm-hmm. to say anything about it. It just it oh. clears the air and you can get on and, 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 and move move yes. on from it. So. Oh, so good. OK, so the next one I that I want to highlight, I think, is more for the moms, at least in my home. I'm a lot more likely to lecture than my mm. husband. And so choose mm. not to lecture is one of the principles. Go ahead and expound on that one for us. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I think a big part of the book uh, as you go through the chapters is awareness. In fact, when you look mm-hmm. at the, um, if when you look awareness. at the behavior change model, there's really three primary steps. And the first one is awareness. We have to become aware of what we're doing. If we're not aware of what we're doing, then we can't change, right? If we're mm-hmm. ignorant to what's going on, um, and again, being open to feedback is really important to that. So the second step, if you're aware of something, then the second step in the behavior change model is is creating a new behavior it's doing something Mm. different than what you were before and then the third step is to create a supportive environment an environment that supports the behaviors that you're looking for and if if parents moms if you want to say moms aren't aware that they're lecturing or late or belaboring points Mm -hmm. uh, then just talk to your kids and ask your kids they'll tell you right (laughs) but but when we do that we do that because we think we need to we you know we want the best for our kids. I don't know any yes. parents that that desire not to be good parents, right? They mm. they want the best outcome for their kids, but we have to look at what's what's working in our favor and what's working mm-hmm. against us. And if we're always belaboring or lecturing our kids, they become tune out specialists. Mm. They don't hear. <laughs> they 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 just tune us out right away. And we're better off to make short, simple, declarative sentences and then wait for a response versus going on and on because most of the times they know it anyway. They yes. don't need us um, in their face reminding them. And mm-hmm. it, so if we've fallen into that, it becomes very frustrating for us. But it also becomes very frustrating for them. Mm-hmm. Nobody wins in those situations. So sit down with your son or daughter and just come up with a better plan. Come up with a better way. And the thing we have to remember, if we're always criticizing or condemning, uh, you know, and, and, and lecturing our kids, if we're, if we're not encouraging them, but we're, but we're complaining about them and, and, and being critical of them all the time, especially to them directly, they don't stop loving us. They stop loving themselves. Oh, and that's ouch. that's not a burden that we want to put on our kids. Oh, man. That's huge. That was it really is. an yeah, that's an important thing for all of us to think about. I think I think sometimes we know a behavior is bad, but we don't realize how bad. <laughs> and right. and one day when kids are sitting in the therapist session, we have to realize the kinds of things that are actually <laughs> pretty serious, right? Like what right. we're doing now 
is impacting them in significant ways. Words matter. Words matter. And tone matters even more than than words because they pick up on our words, but they Mm. also really pick up on our tone. And even if we were saying something in a condemning matter, our words Mm. may not reflect that, but our tone Mm. does. When we're Uh, questioning them, when we don't believe them, when they tell us something and we say, you know, we question whether they're telling us is the truth or not. No, kids are going to lie. Right. Mm -hmm, But, mm -hmm. you know, what we don't want is when they're telling us the truth to accuse them of not being truthful. Right. Mm. Because then they're going to quit coming to us with things that we want them to come to. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. No, no kids want to feel like they're, you know, like they're a problem that needs to be fixed. No one wants to feel that way. Right. And if they always feel like we're trying to fix them and solve them and, and, and change who they are, that's just very draining on us as well as on them. Oh my goodness. You're dropping some truth bombs here. This is so, so important for us to think about. And I think with the lecture thing too, just practically speaking, and I love how practical you are throughout the book, but I I know for me, sometimes what my kids need most is a good consequence. And like you said, a short, simple statement and a, and a consequence that's going to teach them a lesson, but my mama heart or something I don't want them to have the consequence. I don't want them to suffer. I don't want, however it affects me, for me to suffer, whatever they're getting. You know, usually somebody else pays besides just the kids. And so it's easier to just get all the feelings out in this lecture Mm. that, like you said, is doing all kinds of damage I'm probably not even aware of and not teaching the lesson I ultimately want to teach. So, goodness. You feel better, but they don't. Yes. And in the end, you really don't. Because at the end of the day, you're like, <laughs> that's right. That was so stupid. <laughs> oh, uh, hey, goodness. we're all learning. We're all learning. We are. We are. Okay. So this leads us to a good one. And again, one of the things I love about you and your background, um, but be disciplined in your discipline. And I, I just think that uh, so much of life, and again, I could go off on all kinds of tangents on this, but so much is about putting work in up front. And, and the payoff is later. And I say that with parenting, like, just do the work now. But I'm also learning this in, in creating a budget for my family. Like there's some areas mm-hmm. that my husband and I are working on right now. And I'm like, it is, it just takes discipline. It's like, this mm-hmm. is the same thing as exercise and some of the areas I've done well in. I'm like, there's other areas, time management, money management, parenting that just require being disciplined and, and it's hard. Yes. But the payoff is so huge. So talk to us about being disciplined Mm -hmm. in your discipline in parenting. Yeah. I think, you know, being disciplined in, in, in how we parent, again, it's more reflective of us than it is of our kids. Mm -hmm. Right. Again, we have to be aware of what is it that we're doing that's working and what, what is not working. And when Mm -hmm. I say working, I don't mean trying to fix our kids necessarily, but what's leading us to, and really the focus of the book is how do we develop positive, healthy relationships Mm -hmm. with our kids while we're with them as we prepare them for life when they leave home, as we give them those life skills that are going to benefit them. So being disciplined really is part of what we've talked about in, in several different ways already. It's we have to understand that we um, between stimulus, what our kids are doing, what they're saying mm-hmm. and response is our ability to choose our response. Yeah. Right. We have that unique human capability of not just reacting but stopping and pausing and responding to how it is they're interacting with us, right? Mm. And when 
when they know that their behavior and what they're doing can affect our mood, affect mm. our behavior, we're giving over power to them that we shouldn't be giving up, right? And they'll know it and they'll sense it and they'll use it because it's what kids do, mm. right? So to the best of our ability, and this is not easy, we have to be measured in our response. We have to stop and think and reflect and know that no matter how crazy it's going on around them, or no matter what they're coming to us with, we have the capability of responding in a manner that is adult-like and is, is, is going to build trust throughout that interaction, no matter what the topic of discussion is. Because it's not fair for us to let them, to give them this power, if you call it that, that they know that when they come to us with certain things or certain situations or in a certain manner, we're going to react and they're going to, they're going to gain something that is not healthy or positive for them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm thinking of some recent scenarios with my 12 year old as you're talking and I'm like, wow, this yeah. is, this is really, really practical. You're right. So good. Again, it's not easy, you know, because we're easy. emotional people, right? But again, right. if we think through, if we think a lot of times the, the things that kids come to us with, it's not the first time, right? We no, know what's no. coming. Goodness, it's repeated. No. It's repeated behaviors, over. right? We're dealing with these same things over and over. So if we always respond in the same way, they know oh. what's coming. Yes. Right? Oh. So it's up well, to us to stop and think and change. Yes. And and I think this is stuff we're pretty good at when it comes to maybe going to our jobs or interacting with certain mm. people that you see only occasionally. You can really be measured in your response. But I think we just let our guard down because we're tired. Yes. <laughs> and these kids, they're always kind of there. And so it's easy to forget uh, that we can use the same tools we use in other areas of life yes. and, and be really thoughtful and purposeful in the way we respond. And like you said, you know, if something you're doing isn't working, we'll do something different. Right. And uh, yes, so, so good. Okay, is there maybe just one more principle that's one of your favorites from the book? Or maybe kind of some mm. of these have had some overlap. Obviously, you can tell the stuff I love. But um, these are the ones I've drawn out. Out of 52, any others that you would like to highlight before we close? Um. One of the things I think I kind of end the book with this is if you've not done it, write your son or daughter a love letter. Mm, I love that. And um, I've had the opportunity to do this. And it's not something, you know, again, it's one of those things you have to think about and be intentional about. But it's just take time, no matter what ages your kids are at, right? You can, mm -hmm. you can, you can do this age appropriate. And whatever, you know, they could be five years old, they could be 25 years old, but just take time and write out what it is that you see in your child. What mm -hmm. is it you admire? What are, what are the hopes and aspirations that you have for them? What are the qualities that you feel they bring to your kids mm. and yeah. to your family? I mean, what are the mm -hmm. qualities that they feel they bring to your family and share your heart and, and, and your 
your best thoughts about them with them. Mm -hmm. And in that letter, acknowledge what we talked about earlier, that mm -hmm. you haven't been a perfect parent, that you're not, yeah. you're not perfect, that you've messed up and, mm -hmm. but that your love and, and heart for them is honest and it's true. And that, mm -hmm. you know, what are the plans that you feel God has for them in their life mm -hmm. and just reaffirm them. And that can be a letter that you do one time and give it to them at a special occasion or just anytime. Mm -hmm. um, and I guarantee you that your kids are going to have a lot of cards and envelopes that they've opened up and things that they've read. Those are the letters that they're going to keep with them and never throw away because yeah. they're going to be that meaningful to them. And it, it, you know, you have to look at what kind of relationship have you had with your son or daughter up to this point in time. But, you know, I, I think we have to look at where we're at right now. And if we don't like where things are, then it's up to us to point things in a new direction. And one of the things from the health and fitness background is, you know, if, if I don't like the health status that I have right now, it's largely a result of the choices that I've made up to this point in my life, like it or not, right? Mm -hmm. But the health status that I'm going to have 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now is also largely going to be a result of the choices that I make between now and the next 5, 10, 15, and 20 years. The same thing is true in our relationships. If I don't like the relationships or whatever the relationship I have right now with my kids or with my spouse, it's largely a result of the choices that I've made up to this mm -hmm. point in time. Yeah. And whatever that relationship is going to look like in the next 5, 10, 15, or 20 years it's going to be a result of the choices that I start making now and build into over the next however how many years. Wow, that is so good. I mean, it's a hard truth, but it's also an empowering truth. And I just think that gives us a ton of hope. And I love it. Thank you so much. Now, I'm going to ask you the question I like to ask all my guests, and that is if you could share something amazing from your life recently and amazing being something that's been a pleasant surprise or that has caused you wonder. Yeah, and I would say it's it, it's been recent and it's it's repeated as well, and that's been um, it's amazing that I have these four kids and that they love each other. They're each other's best friends, mm -hmm. even though there's boy girl boy girl. There's you know they're ages apart, but they love to be get they love being together mm -hmm. and they love being with us mm -hmm. and and as a, as a dad and as a parent mm -hmm. and my wife would say the same thing it's mm -hmm. one of the biggest blessings mm -hmm. that we have is that we have these kids at this ages yeah. who we have a group text that we share yes. we, we we do fun things and we interact together we go on trips together still and now that we have a son-in-law he's been added to our family yes. and he's fit right in and we love him and he's part of it all wow. and it's just the biggest blessing that there is and when I think about wonder and, and amazing, mm. it's just an amazing gift that I'm thankful for every day. Oh, that's so good. That's so inspiring and encouraging. And I couldn't agree more. Sometimes I'm just like, okay, yeah. I'm I'm ready to go to heaven now. Right. I've you know, yeah. And I just I know you I, I get that same impression just from the little I know about your family is that yeah. your kids love each other. Yeah. They love to be together. Yeah. And, and they have a great relationship. And I'm, at the same time, it's kind of what we kicked off saying a little bit is that I'm cognizant that not every mm -hmm mom or dad listening mm -mm. to this has mm -mm. that mm -mm. and my heart breaks mm -mm. for them mm -mm. that's part of the reasons i wrote the book yeah was yeah. Be, was, was because I, I i know that uh, we can 
improve yes. things, right? Yes. And um, that it's it, it's it's a great gift, but not everybody has it. And mm-hmm. my heart breaks for those families that are broken. Right. And um, and and so if this book can help facilitate uh, regrowth or rebirth of families of mm-hmm. relationships with moms and dads and their kids, then that's really what the book is is for. Awesome. And also just a word of encouragement to the younger parents that are listening, you have a chance still. So if your kids are still young, mm. take this serious. Don't don't just brush this off. Yes. Like really, there are people out there that would give anything to have another chance. And also, I'd just like to say to those with older kids, God is so good. Who knows if, if it's in the later yes. years of adulthood that you all circle back and say, Let, let's have a fresh start. And so- Yes. He has a different story for each of us. No matter what, you know, every parent needs to be a praying parent. Yes. You know, every every morning I pray for every one of my kids mm. individually. And I've been doing that for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And uh, does God answer all of my prayers the way mm-hmm. I wish he would? <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> but it doesn't discount that we have to be praying parents and never yes. give up. Yes. So good. And also being, you know, we're going to be grandparents one day, hopefully. And mm-hmm. for any mistakes you've made, it sounds from what I hear from others, like that's another chance to pour in to the next generation too. And so it legacy is a beautiful thing. Well, if people mm-hmm. want to just find you and follow you online, tell us where everyone can track you down. Yeah, they can just go if they do milesmetler.com or just do a search for 52parentingprinciples.com. They'll both lead them to the same place and they can find out more information about the book and other stuff that I have there. So that'd be the easiest. Terrific. And we will be linking to all those in show notes. So Miles, thank you. I think I'd love to have you back on. You touched on a few things that I'm like, ooh, that's a whole nother conversation. So maybe we'll have Uh, you back on again in the future. Would love it. Thank you. All right. God bless. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. And um, again, you can find links to everything we talked about over in show notes, which for today's episode can be found at monicaswanson.com forward slash miles dash Mettler. And that's spelled M-E-T-T-L-E-R. All right. There will also be links to Christian Parenting's digital event, which is going to be so good. Anything else we talked about, including Miles' book, will be in show notes. So thank you for being here. Thank you for continuing to spread the word about this podcast. If you haven't yet, you can just take a screenshot of this very episode and share it to your stories on social media. If you do that, please tag me on Instagram. I'm at Monica Swanson underscore. I love to see those and repost them and say thank you. So God bless you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Aloha.